Good evening. My name is Benzing, and I'm one of the pastors here at Central. And as we're here on Good Friday, we come to remember Jesus and his suffering and his death. The theme that has been laid out for our Easter season this year is the King and his kingdom. If you entered the sanctuary from our Hanley Door entrance, you saw our poster that's green inviting people to our Easter Sunday. And on that is a picture of a crown, a crown that's fit for a king, one that would be filled with jewels and gold. But superimposed on that is the crown of thorns. It's the crown that Jesus chose to endure in obedience to God, the Father, who chose for us the Son that would die in our place. Jesus, the King, who again now sits at the right hand of God, chose humility, chose to be obedient to death, even death on a cross. And this is how we reflect on his death this evening. Tonight is a tenembre service, which is a Latin word, tenembre, for darkness and shadows. An important feature of this service is the gradual extinguishing of candles. And it gets darker and darker. We continue to reflect on the great emotion and physical pain that was very real for Jesus that evening. And that's an important part of our Easter story. But many of us want to fast forward to Sunday. We want Resurrection Sunday. We want the joy We want the new life. We want what Jesus brings in that power. We love the part of that story, but without the cross, without his death, without his suffering, we can't get to the new life, the new hope, the joy that we experience. So when we read about the darkness, we want to play it two times speed, or four times speed, or eight times speed, or we want to fast forward altogether to Resurrection Sunday. But we've come here to remember that Christ went to the cross for us. He didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve that crown of thorns. He didn't deserve the cross. He didn't deserve to be separated from the Father. He was put on that cross because of us. He was beaten for us. He was separated from God to take on the sin of the world. The cross, it rests on the timeline of history. Its irrationality, its ridiculousness attracts all critics. Its hope attracts all seekers. It's an amazing piece of wood. But history has idolized it. It's detested it. It's gold-covered it, it's burned it, it's carried it, and it's trashed it. But history has done everything to it but ignore it. That's the one thing the cross does not offer. No one can ignore it. You cannot ignore the cross that suspends the greatest claim in history. A crucified man from Nazareth claiming that he is God on earth would die on it to save us from sin and death. As we are going through the service this evening, again, I don't want us to fast forward through it. The shadow 
of desertion and denial. Matthew 26, 47 through 56. After Judas' betrayal, Jesus said to the crowds of chief priests and elders, day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. In our ignorance and sinful ways, we don't realize Christ's amazing love and sacrifice. He loves us even when we reject him and tell him we don't need him in our lives. Jesus asked the Father to forgive us for we do not know what we do. We come to the cross this evening remembering the forgiveness we can receive through Jesus. It is fitting that the first word Jesus spoke on the cross was about forgiveness as that is the very purpose of the cross. Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. We see Peter deny Jesus. We can ask these questions. How can such a mighty follower of Christ as Simon Peter fall so far in a short period of time to be calling down curses on himself if he had ever heard of Jesus? If he knew Jesus, how can that happen? How can sin and temptation be that powerful? How can it be that effective? It is surpassingly sad that one of Jesus' best friends in the world could not summon any courage or loyalty or friendship to stand with Jesus in his time of need. How can we be this bad? How can we sin this greatly? It is not by coincidence or accident that you're here tonight. No matter the reason you're here, you're brought here by a friend, by a family member. You're brought here because of your own feeling of duty or you need to be here. Jesus brought you here because you needed to hear these very words. He forgives you even when you have walked away from him, when you have rejected him, you have deserted him. Jesus doesn't desert you. Jesus does not deny you. He has gone to the cross for you. Come know the shadow and darkness of our sins has been taken to the cross by Jesus. The shadow of accusation and mockery from Matthew 26, 57 through 68. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, so also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. 
Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. They mocked God. God, you said you can do it. God, you said you have the power. God, you said you are the king. God, you said you can save us, but you can't save yourself. Oh, but how we mock God as well. A person mocks God when we think we can live apart from his ways and his commands. We mock God if we think we can fool God because we can fool others. We mock God if we think we are more intelligent, more forward-thinking, or more advanced than his word. We mock God's word if we try to change it. Oh, God Almighty, I marvel in your restraint and grace. How you can let Jesus' trial, suffering, and death happen is beyond our comprehension. At the same time, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, as you show me that I can be self-controlled when I fully submit to God's will. I thank you that Jesus shows me there are bigger things than ridicule and death. I thank you that the story doesn't end with the crowd, an angry mob, or a crucifixion. I thank you, Jesus, who took on the cross, the ridicule, the accusation, and the mockery, all for me. But I thank you, Jesus, now, who was raised and now sitting at my triumphant Lord's side until the time he returns to take me home. The shadow of injustice and torture. Matthew 27, 15 through 26. At the end of the scene, Jesus being betrayed by the people, Pilate is giving a chance for the Jews to release Jesus, Jesus to be released, but the people choose a notorious murderer and a revolutionist in Barabbas. The crowd cheers for the release of Barabbas while then turning on Jesus and calling for his crucifixion. Even Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent and he doesn't deserve this. Then we find in verse 26, then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus, deliver him to be crucified. In the movie, The Passion of the Christ, It's excruciating to see on screen the detail of what it looked like for Jesus to be scourged. Here we have one verse and part of a compound sentence Then in verse 26 that says, and having scourged Jesus. I went to watch again as I prepared for tonight. At about eight minutes of agony of watching the physical torture of Jesus being flogged with a lead-tipped whip that would leave Jesus beaten, strips of flesh being ripped, blood pouring from his body, all for me, 
all for you, all for all of us who deserve it, but a Jesus who doesn't. I wanted to turn my face. I want to turn my eyes. I wanted to fast forward through the video. I wanted to skip it all together, but Jesus endured it. He endured it for all of us. He took it on. He did it as an innocent man. He did it out of obedience. He would have to endure more than just the physical suffering, though. The scene of the cross where Jesus is nailed on the cross, he was a real man, true flesh and blood, dying with unbearable agony. His suffering was altogether real, and he took it on for you and for me. But Jesus had to bear something deeper. It was the weight of all the sin, the sin of past, present, and the future, of all of humanity. Jesus himself hates sin. He was ready to take on sin for all of us. Christ suffering and taking on something that he hated so much and he placed on himself a pure, blameless, sinful human taking on the weight of sin. Just take a moment to reflect on that. The weight of all sin. The huge responsibility. The huge task. You can just hear Satan telling Jesus the task is too big. You can't do it. No one can do it. But Jesus did. Unless there is an understanding of the death and suffering of Christ, it is not possible for us to appreciate why Christ is so important in all of human history. Without the death of Christ, there can be no forgiveness of sins and hence no salvation. Christ needed to suffer and die because he's our perfect sacrifice, our substitution. Blood needed to be shed for sin. It was the death that paid for the sins. Sacrifices were necessary to atone for sin, which deserved death. Christ had become the perfect sacrifice for us. He placed his blood on the altar for us. And as the word tells us, the penalty for sin is death. Therefore, Christ died to be that penalty for us. And God is a just God. And in order for him to continue to be just, he knew that there had to be something that paid for sins. That is where Christ has become the substitution for us. The fact that Jesus died for our sins shows his deep love for us. I want to make sure that we reflect on this aspect of his redeeming work. We do not deserve to be near him. We actually deserve death. But what a privilege it is to be saved by our most holy one. Where does that leave us? Many of us will be left in a stage of guilt where we really reflect on the sufferings of Christ. And honestly, there's a time for mourning and there's a time for us to weep over our sins. We come to see Jesus and his death. We come to mourn the pain and sufferings he went through. We come to understand more of his sufferings. But in all this, there's a time of sorrow and tears, yet the bottom of our hearts and souls, we know that this is called Good Friday. It isn't called Bad Friday. 
which it could be because of all the bad things that happened on this day. It could be called Painful Friday because of all the pain and suffering that God suffered on our behalf. But if we have Christ in our hearts, we know that there is a peace in us that understands that today is Good Friday. So tonight we mourn and weep over our sins and our guilt for placing Christ on that cross. But ultimately we know that it is good for Christ died for those that he has redeemed us. And thus today is Good Friday. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you that you went to the cross and you died for us. We look forward to Resurrection Sunday where we know that you had victory over death, victory over sin as you raised from the dead. But tonight we weep and mourn because we know we put you on that cross. But you are obedient to death, even death on the cross because of your great love for God the Father and your great love for us. So we approach you with awe and worship. We approach you with love and gratitude. We approach you with thanksgiving because you died for us. Father, lead us in remembering Jesus' suffering and death. In Jesus' name, amen.